0: State of Recruiting, a weekly podcast featuring the insights of Longhorn recruiting analyst Mike Roach and hosted by Bobby Burton. Roach offers unparalleled insights into the recruiting on the 40 Acres. Each week he crisscrosses the state watching and talking to blue chip recruits. And I'm Bobby Burton, a 1992 Texas alum and one of the recruiting industry's founding fathers. I played a formative role in the creation of both 24-7 Sports and Rivals.com. The State of Recruiting is taped each and every Wednesday during football and recruiting season. Subscribe now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Hook them. Mike, how you doing this week, man?
1: It's been a crazy week. Um, I, this is, I guess, what it feels like to uh, be in the midst of some coaching turmoil, uh, working for a big network, and uh, this is my first uh, introduction to it.
0: It's very interesting because, you know, the thing about working, and, and I found this um, out 20-something years ago, but uh, the amount of information you get is not just from from one side of the fence. So you may hear the Texas view of it, but then you also have a USC view of it in the sense of a guy like Graham Harrell, who Texas seems to be targeting at at offensive coordinator, um, when you're within a network. And I really think that that tends to bring a greater understanding of the entire picture. And uh, also greater insights into all of the uh, machinations uh, going on behind the scenes. So um, without further ado, I want to get into some recruiting as it relates to these latest moves, because obviously it's going to affect this recruiting class. It, to, to think it won't is ridiculous. So where Texas sits right now, Texas has 17 commitments, Mike. Um, they're ranked number seven nationally nationally. Um, but with the early signing period coming up in just a couple of weeks, uh, there's going to be some guys that actually do put pen to paper, um, and make a decision to stick with the horns, regardless of maybe what may be some tenuous situation with, uh, uh, a certain number of assistants. Mm-hmm. What I want to do today with you and, and use you as really the, the expert, since you talk to all these kids and. Uh, whatnot, is try to categorize every single commitment Texas has into three categories. One is extremely concerned, like I think he's on the verge of possibly flipping or decommitting. A second category uh, would be, you know what, there's some concern there, but really I think he's taking a wait-and-see attitude as much as anything. And then the third is he's signing with Texas no matter what. Okay. So... It could be, it could be um, a guy that's always wanted to go to Texas, something like that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, I, and I, at the end of this, I want to go back over each – I want to really look at the numbers and the positions that may be thinned out uh, by some possible moves. So let's start – I'm going to start with the highest-rated player in the Texas class, and uh, that's B. John <coughs> Robinson uh, out of Tucson, the running back.
1: I've got Bijan in the not concerned. Uh, I guess he would be in my lowest category, probably somewhere um, between the the somewhat concerned and not concerned. I, I I would say somewhat concerned just because. You know he's he doesn't talk a lot, and there has been some talk of other visits, but he did tell uh, Blair Angulo from from twenty four seven our Mountain Region analyst that he does intend to sign, um, go to Texas. No other visits are planned at this point. Uh, Bijan Robinson's never given me a reason really not to trust him, so I'm going to put him in the not not concerned at this point category.
0: All right, mark him down. Uh, I think it's clear too that that the fact that Stan Drayton, um, by all accounts, the Texas running back coach, is expected to be retained no matter who the new offensive coordinator would be, and that's probably a, a, a part weighing in the decision of B. Sean Rasmussen. Okay, let's move on to Jaquindon Jackson, the quarterback, do-everything guy out of Duncanville. Uh, they're still alive in the playoffs, um, I believe, and trying to push forward. What's going on with Jaquindon right now, and where would you uh, – uh, put him.
1: He's in the same type of spot I would have uh, Bijan Robinson at. He is saying all the right things, um, it, despite talking to some sources at Duncanville, who's thought that you know if Tim Beck isn't there long term, that might hurt uh, Jaquindon Jackson's long term outlook. You know, I, I talked to Jaquin and he looked me in the eye and said, I'm, I'm signing early. There's nothing that's going to change my commitment. I'm, I'm locked in. He really hasn't taken any other visits or talked to any other schools. So while I, I do feel like he's a bit of a wild card um, and, and possibly area for some concern, again, like Bijan, he's never really given me a reason not to trust him when he says something to me. So um, I'm going to keep him in the low concern for now.
0: Okay, so that's, that's pretty good news starting off those two guys because I, I think that, uh, as we've talked about on here before, Jaquindon is one of those guys that moves the needle a little bit for, for this Texas class. Uh, next, uh, Hudson Card, the quarterback out of Lake Travis. A
1: Hudson Card, I would put in that in that bottom class as well, uh, in that in that uh, low worry. I think that Hudson is the type of kid, much like Sam Ellinger, that's just grown up his whole life wanting to go to Texas and, and dreaming of being the quarterback of Texas, and um, you know, like. Uh, Like JaQuin and Jackson, Hudson hasn't really had a recruitment. You know, he committed about a year and a half ago and and never visited another school, never talked to any other school. So if he wanted to change something, he would have a pretty short uh, runway to do it with his team still in the playoffs and him expected to be an early enrollee.
0: Quentin Johnston is next, the wide
1: receiver out of Temple. Very talented. He's a guy I would say I would have some concern for. Um, He, you know, after I spoke – So
0: mid-range, not high concern?
1: Right, mid-range. He is a guy that I think is going to be largely dependent on who the offensive coordinator is, if they can get him, maybe the new wide receiver coach, if they can get those guys in front of Quentin – I think that, that that's going to play big there. Uh, Quentin is, uh, was a guy that was really close to Drew Maringer. When I talked to him following Drew's, uh, Drew's dismissal, uh, Quentin, you know, he expressed some disappointment but understood it was a business and um, said the right things. Now what I've heard is that he has reached out to some other schools, including TCU, which was a finalist for him. Um, so there is some area of concern there for me.
0: Gotcha. Okay. So not, not great news there. Not not horrible news, but not great news. Vernon Broughton, the defensive lineman from Cy Ridge out of Houston,
1: I'm going to put Vernon in the um, low category. The the almost no concern. Vernon is uh, was uh, you know his his position coach Oscar Giles is by all reports you know still around and and maybe even expected to stick around after the new defensive coordinator is hired. Um, Vernon and his mother have been bought in on the program itself as more so than uh, a certain position coach or anything like that. Vernon is trying to line up everything to get graduated, get enrolled, and and enroll early. And so I would have Vernon in the low-concern category.
0: Any chance he's going to – if he's trying to do that, any chance he's going to be around for bowl practice? I know Um, there's some talk that some guys were going to try to be part of bowl practice if they enroll early. It
1: would really depend on – when the bowl is because, you know, those guys got to finish up high school first and then they've got to get enrolled right. and they have to go through the NCAA acclimation period, which I think is like a week of no pads. So by the time they do all that, I think it really just depends on if there are enough practices left to get anything out of it, if they're going to have those guys participate. I think if they were in a New Year's bowl, um, then, yeah, you might see that. But if they're in a bowl that's, you know, the week of Christmas or something, I, I maybe not.
0: Gotcha. All right. This one to me is one of the biggest ones on the board, and I haven't talked to you about him off air. Um, and so I'll just uh, put it out there. But this one, I think this is the guy that gets after the passer as good as anybody, and that's Prince Dorba out of. Highland Park where's where's it sit with him right now
1: the good news is I think Dorba is in no matter what Um, I think Prince is is one of those guys that was sold on Texas as a as a culture more so than a certain coach or or anything like that Um, Prince has kind of been the leader in that group of commits out there saying like we're trying to build something special and if you if you don't want to come along you can go ahead and decommit now but that's you know what we're trying to do is lead the way. So uh, I would have Prince Dorba as one of the most solid guys in the class.
0: Yeah, that's that's huge because, uh, as we found out this year, if you can't get after the passer, things can go go wrong in a hurry. And I think uh, uh, Todd Orlando found that out. Uh, not really not really getting after the passer until the very final game of the season. Um, next player on the list would be Xavier Alford. Out of Pearland, Shadow Creek Highly recruited guy that chose Texas in a contested recruitment early He's a safety slash nickel guy
1: Right, based on what Xavier's told me I would initially have had him in the low concern group But there is, for me, I think he kind of falls in probably the medium group I think that, um, you know, his his link to Texas is with Craig Niver Uh, He did choose Texas for Texas, he says But Um, his relationship is with coach Niver, and, um, you know, that obviously could change after the bowl game, you know, depending on, uh, the decisions that are made at that time. Now, Xavier is an early enrollee. I expect some difficult questions for the coaching staff during his in-home this week, um, as they try to get him locked down. But, uh, I think that that one could kind of go either way. And I would probably for now put him in the some concern, the, the medium tier.
0: Wow, I, I kind of thought you were going to go extremely concerned with him. I, I'm con- now I'm concerned about your your levels here, Mike. I'm I'm second guessing you because because I thought he was going to be a guy that may may actually bolt pretty quick. I uh, I, I think that no the, the, oh. no no reason. I mean, Xavier said nothing to me uh, that I know of to to believe that. But I just I felt like that might be one with Craig Nivar. Uh, uh, potentially uh being on the on the block here that even if chris Ash the defense coordinator would eventually the likely future defensive coordinator would eventually be his position coach that it might uh might uh might really cause a problem
1: yeah i don't I don't have him in the high concern because he's never said anything to me that indicates that the only things I've heard are behind the scenes that hey this you know the future of Craig niver may But it's not – it's never been a deal breaker. It's never been that if Craig Niver's gone, Xavier is for sure leaving. You know, it's kind of just been discussed. So with in-homes this week, I think that we'll have a chance to kind of gauge where things stand following that. I think that in-homes give them a great opportunity to go in and try to settle the kid down um, and get everything kind of lined up from there. Okay. Jake Majors? Jake Majors, I would have in the low concern category. um Talking with him and his no no concern or low concern, no concern. Like- yeah, no. Con- I, I just have them okay. in three tiers: high, medium, low. No concern okay, would be low. Gotcha. um So Jake, uh, talking with Jake and his family. His family is is closing on a house in Austin this week. Um, <laughs> Jake is uh, set to enroll early. He has not looked anywhere else. Despite some schools coming at him this week, Jake is, uh, is all locked in and ready to go.
0: All right. Jalen Garth, the offensive lineman from Port Natchez that uh, had the ACL tear early in the season. <clears throat>
1: Yeah, with with basically all the offensive linemen I've got in the no-concern no category because Herb Hand's still around. That's who their relationship's with. Those guys have bonded. Um, Jalen Garth is a guy that committed to Texas and never really looked back after that point. And, um, you know, though he's kind of a quiet guy, is, is really wanted to go to Texas his whole life. So I've got Garth uh, locked in as well.
0: It, it it can't hurt that Roshan Johnson had uh, what w- had to be categorized as a positive experience at Texas. Absolutely. come from, from the same high school, yeah, um, in his first year at Texas. All right, Troy O'Mear uh, the receiver from uh, Fort Ben Austin, that uh, chose the Longhorns, or actually flipped to the Longhorns from A&M, and he's a wide receiver where Texas let go of both assistants.
1: Yeah, now Troy has, has – insisted that he is firm and that everything is good, but I'm going to put him kind of in the same class as Quentin Johnston um, in that medium, some concern area. I think for Troy, you know, he did have a, his relationships were with Drew Maringer and Cormie Meekins, but um, I think again, it could be, you know, it could be overturned depending on, you know, the way that in homes go and the offensive hires and all those things. But Troy has always kind of, you know, been a, a really good at, at playing his hand behind the scenes. So I, I can't sit here and say that Troy's never given me a reason not to trust him. Um, and so for that reason, I would put him in the area of some concern.
0: Okay, that's fair. I mean, I think that, it, he, you know, he, he did flip his commitment. Doesn't mean he's a bad kid or anything like that. I, it just means, hey, just be on the lookout. And And I think as much as anything, it's – you know he's in a position he's in a he plays a position where there's currently no assistant coach on staff I guess Andre Coleman is on the road right now for Texas and could end up being a a long term hire for the longhorns uh but as of right now, we don't know that for sure
1: yeah so, and let me be clear I don't think any of these kids are bad kids for making. You know, considering. Oh, decisions, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah, like yeah. this is their future and there's a lot of uncertainty at hand. I think that they're all well within their rights to, give, to reconsider, you know, what's going on here.
0: Yeah. A fair, fair, fair statement. I was making sure that everybody understood that I didn't feel that way. as well. Right. You know what I mean? Right. I, I feel like uh, too much pressure on these kids in, in many instances. All right. Uh, Keaton Crawford out of John Tyler, the. Another guy that's a do-everything guy, um, Mike, and I know Jason Washington, the corners coach, recruited him. He could be a corner, he could be a safety, could be a receiver, running back, and slot nickel. Uh, really one of the guys that uh, is a key to this class from a uh, – he just fits a role that Texas doesn't have many of. Yet, you know, I think that, you know, there could be something going on there. So where would you – categorize Keaton at this point
1: yeah and the only corner in the class too so it would would really hurt to to lose him but um, I would have him on the tier that's probably right on the line between medium and high concern Um, Keaton I know is telling people like he had his uh, he had his official or his in-home visit last night Uh, coach Washington was on it coach Herman was on it uh, Brian Carrington was on that visit Keaton is telling folks that he intends to sign and, and has no no worries or anything like that. I still think this one could very much come down to uh, what, what happens with Jason Washington. And the the weird thing is, you know, it's all going to be. I think these kids are going to have to make some timing related decisions because. You know, Jason Washington's future won't likely be resolved until after the bowl game, which will come after early signing period. So if Keaton Crawford really wants to stick to, to playing wherever Jason Washington is or not playing here, if he's not, he's probably going to have to push his signing back to February. And so those will be interesting signs to watch. Um, right now I would have him in medium concern, but he could move into that high area pretty quickly.
0: All right, so... Jaron Thompson, another safety uh, hybrid, really big, big kid, six foot, one eighty five. Uh, uh, where do you think he's going to end up uh, in in this scenario?
1: Jaron Thompson has had one of the weirdest recruitments I've ever seen um, for a, a pretty high four star kid, top two fifty in the country, and yet had a couple of, of programs just back out on him in the middle of the recruitment for no other reason than. Um, You know, they just found other guys they wanted to go after. And so I think he loves, you know, the fact that, like, when Texas offered, he jumped on that immediately. Um, I think he'll stick with that. I don't think he wants to enter the recruiting realm again. Um, I I have him in the low-concern area.
0: Okay. Going to put two offensive linemen together because they are the next two on the list. Logan Parr out of uh, San Antonio O'Connor and Andre Carrick out of a South Lake Carroll. Both of those fit into that uh, offensive line category you were
1: talking about? Yeah, both those guys are locked in. Logan Parr is basically Jake Majors South. So just everything I said about Jake Majors, apply that to Logan Parr, except his parents are not closing on a, on a house in Austin. That's the only difference. Um, Andre Karich, again, a kid that really jumped all over the offer once he got it and the opportunity. I've talked to him the past two weeks in the playoffs. I'll see him again this week. Every time, he's looked at me with the most intensity I've ever seen and said, like, I'm not going anywhere. I'm signing. Like, I'm ready to be a Longhorn. So, I think with Herb Hand there, you don't really have to worry about the offensive line guys.
0: Okay. All right. This one, I, I know he took a visit this past weekend, I think, the Utah. Ty Jordan, the running back athlete out of uh, West Mesquite.
1: He's the guy that is a no-doubt high-concern guy for me. Um, really... Utah was uh, has been in it for him for the for a long time, and and they've been a school that's been very consistent in their contact with Ty, and um, I think that for Ty, we've talked a little bit about, but his mom's going through some health issues, and um, I think the consideration for him is going far away from home and being away from her versus being at a school where he thinks maybe he could be used a little better or he could be, uh, you know, or that's shown him, frankly, has shown him more love. You know, I've, I've heard from people near tie that, uh, you know, Texas has not contacted him nearly as much as Utah has over the time he's been committed. So, um, obviously Utah has got a lot more to sell as a potential playoff team and top 10 in the country. And, you know, Texas hasn't been uh, that much of contact. So I think he's going through a lot there. And, um, I think a lot will matter with the, with the in-home this week. I think that a lot will matter with the offensive coordinator decision. You know, Ty was very high on USC, so he is familiar with Graham Harrell. Um, and I think that this thing could possibly come down to signing day and a, and a flip beyond the table for signing day. Okay, fair enough. Jaden Hullaby. Uh, Jaden Holby I think, has been locked into Texas. He's like Hudson Card. He's been locked in for a while, hasn't taken visits to other schools, hasn't really talked to other schools. Um, you know, I think that he's a guy that's not necessarily married to a position coach uh, or anything of that nature. I think Jaden Holby's is in the no concern category. All
0: right. All right. Dajon Harrison, the receiver out of Hutto.
1: Dajon's the same way. Um, he is uh, – Dream School was Texas. That's why you saw him commit as soon as he was offered. Um, I think that in talking to Dejon, I do believe him when he says that, you know, nothing's really changed his, his feelings on the deal, and so I've got Dajon in no concern.
0: Okay, so let, that's, all, that's everybody. That's all 17 that we went through. So count up count up the numbers and tell me the numbers in each category.
1: Uh, okay. For some reason I keep having like I've I've missed somebody that I didn't write down cuz I've got 16 on my categories here but I can't I can't figure out who I'm missing. Did
0: you do both <sighs> offensive linemen? Cuz I I went to those at, as one.
1: Yeah, I've got Majors, Carriage. Yeah, Majors, Park, Carriage, and Garth. I have all on here. I've got Holoby, Jaron Thompson, Jekyll, yeah. I think I've got everybody. Okay, so in the in the in the high concern category, I've just got Ty Jordan. Um okay. and so that would that would affect the running back position. Um in the medium concern category I've got four guys. Uh, Keaton Crawford, Xavier Alford, Quinton Johnston, and Troy O'Mears. So basically your secondary and your receiver class, um, all in the medium concern category.
0: Okay. Got it. Got it. That that makes sense with the exception of guys um uh Guys like Jaron Thompson you don't feel are, are, are uh, waffling or anything. And then Harris Harrison, the one we just mentioned. Those are receivers and DBs that are locked in.
1: Right. And then so then – Right? Correct. Correct. Okay. And so then I've got uh, 12 in the in the no uh, no concern or low concern category. Um, okay. Okay. Which would include Hudson Card, Prince Dorba, Jake May, the offensive line group, uh, Jaden Holby, yep. Jaron Thompson, Jaquinta Jackson, Dejon Harrison, and uh, uh Robinson. There's who I forgot. Vernon Broughton also in that group. Yeah.
0: There you go. Good. So that, I think that was a good exercise for everybody that's interested in that sort of thing, because this is how coaching changes absolutely do affect recruiting outcomes. Um, and I think that's important to note. Um, thanks for doing that, Mike. And I, I would even suggest you might want to put that up on the message board at some point today or, or with that uh, discussion um, when we post the podcast. <sighs> Let me ask you this, Mike. So you were on the road last week. Uh, what, you were in Dallas, right? Yeah, I the stayed home
1: for playoffs. Uh, God, it's been a whirlwind, so I'm trying to remember who I saw. Okay, so on uh, Thursday night or Friday night, I, or Friday all day I was at the stadium, and then Saturday went to Waco. Um, let me, Friday I saw the biggest game I saw was, uh, was Highland Park and Lone Star um, in, a, in a game that saw Highland Park knocked out of the playoffs for the first time in four years. Um, by Lone Star in, in an overtime win, uh, Prince Dorba was sensational. Probably the best game I've seen him play. He had a couple sacks and a bunch of tackles for loss, and was incredibly disruptive. Um, i seen better
0: s- than he was. Better than he was last year in the state title game. Yeah,
1: I think it was the best I've seen him um, that's, at that's any impressive. level.
0: That's an impressive dude. Now.
1: Yeah, he was. He was really, really good. Um, so. Got to see him. Uh, the first game I saw was Duncanville. Saw them again, uh, and they crushed uh, Arlington Martin uh, to go on to the regional final. Jaquinta Jackson was special as always, and will continue to be special. And I don't know how much more I can say about him. Um, Tacklers still just kind of fall off of him. They bounce off of him, but yeah. <laughs> it's it's more like a it's like a pinball. Um, and then look, hey,
0: North North Shore has some great athletes on that team. And when I saw Jaquinda Jackson at state championship last year and North shore guys were just bouncing off of him, I was like, Holy cow. That kid's special. That's great. Um, anybody else look good in that game?
1: Um, yeah, Savian bird looked really good at defensive line. I really wish we could see him at offensive line, but, uh, uh, you know, he, How did Chris Thompson
0: look the safety that ended up choosing Auburn?
1: He's banged up a little bit. So he's got a, an issue with his knee and has been in and out of the game. He's actually going to be like a game-time decision this week against Southlake and and will be a really interesting one. But, um, you know, when he's in, it, it's really hard for the people to run to the perimeter or throw to the perimeter on Duckeville because he comes downhill so quickly and closes on guys. Um, and then the nightcap, I saw Alito just. Uh, Alito was the uh, was the hot upset pick in state for for Red Oak to upset Alito, and I just didn't buy it. Like this is Red Oak's new to the game, and this is kind of what Alito does every year. So uh, Alito came out and crushed him. Uh, Jace McClellan was sensational. JoJo Earl, sensational. So um, Alito looks like they've got no issues going to a state title again. Gotcha. And then uh, Saturday I went to Waco to McLean Stadium. I watched the first game was Rockwall uh, versus Klein Oak. Uh, Rockwall, actually, they held Jackson Smith and Jigba in, in check for a little while. Um, I believe he only had like 93 yards, but he also had probably 85 yards rushing and a couple touchdowns. Um, as they pulled out the win over klein Oak but I watched uh, was really there to see Jake majors and prosper take on the woodlands and uh, you know prosper rolled in that one they will face uh, Rockwall in the regional final Jake was really good you know i I, I had some colleagues and friends with me and just kind of asked them you know what do you, what stands out to you about Jake and to everybody, it's his feet and his technique and his, his understanding of leverage, the way he moves, and um, I think concerns about his strength. Obviously, you build strength once you get to college, and uh, if you can add on all of those other great tools, you know that's really where it counts. Yep. Anybody else? Uh, no, that's all I saw last week. Uh, this week will be a, another crazy one. I'm going out to Longview on Friday night. Uh, to see Gilmer versus Texarkana Pleasant Grove in a regional final, a um, lot of athletes on the field out there. Uh, really excited for that. Gilmer's got some guys that really no one's heard of, but are, could become some big name, uh, big name prospects that I'm, I'm interested to see. And then uh, Saturday, I'll see. Uh, I'll be bouncing back and forth in in uh, in the North Dallas area between the Star and Frisco, where uh, Denton Ryan is playing. Uh, to the uh, McKinney ISD stadium to see the regional final between Duncanville and Southlake and then a prosper Rockwall nightcap. So it'll be a, a busy day.
0: Well, Mike, I got to I got to admit, I, I think it's uh, clear that you're a me- Metroplex guy. And I'll tell you why. It's sacrilege that you didn't go to the Katie North Shore game.
1: I so, was, I was, say, oh! <laughs> I was all set to go. I was all set to go, but uh, I couldn't, I had my wife had an engagement that would not let me get out of town on time to go. Like she had already oh, scheduled on. for us. So, hey, you know what, she, Bobby? She puts away. Were you what, going we, ice skating,
0: or were you lighting the tree, or what? No, we, mean, had take, uh, we had to take
1: we had to take Christmas card pictures. And uh, <laughs> look, here's <laughs> here's here's Bobby. Here's how it works. She puts away with me being gone just about three or four nights every week. <laughs> so when she gives me a small ask, I try to give her a, a an okay.
0: Missing North Shore Katie is not a small ask in my opinion. But it's right. well, it's tough for I, us
1: too I, though, because it's not you know, Texas isn't real deeply involved with anybody on either of those teams, so it's
0: I'm 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 totally teasing you. You know. Hey, they, they did uh, Texas did um off make a new offer this week, uh on the heels of Van Fillinger decommitting the defensive lineman from Utah that we kinda talked about possibly happening. Um and that is a, a young defensive lineman out of uh, Longview. Can you yep. tell us about him?
1: Saw your Gorman Welch kid I saw last year during Longview's uh, run, and, and Texas was kind of sniffing around him last year, and so I, I talked to him a little bit then. Um, it was really a guy who's grown up over the last two years and grown into his body, and is probably a six foot three ish, two hundred and eighty, two hundred and eighty five pound defensive lineman. A guy who could play on the end. I think he'll grow into a nose eventually. Uh, really active um has a great look like
0: he had a i watched him a little bit he looked like he had a great first step mike
1: good first step really active great motor um you know he's he's a hard working kid that's the kind of kid you get out of east texas and um an oklahoma state commit but i think texas has always been kind of a dream for him so i would very much expect him to take a visit um
0: was he expected to sign early with oklahoma state or you don't know
1: I believe so, um, but it, it sounds like he's going to take an official to Texas within the next week or so, a uh, week or two weeks. I'm, I'm just waiting on him for confirmation, but uh, it, it sounds like Texas is going to get a visit there. He is a kid that, and by the way, if you read The Stampede on Monday morning um that that offer was predicted uh, within there um no oh, very good so someone might have had some insight there i don't know i was just a guess it was just a really good guess i suppose <laughs> um but yeah i think he's a kid that you know obviously he's not van fillinger and any guys you get after the fact are probably not going to be but i think he is a really good active player who's probably a little underrated and you know those are the guys bobby that go to oklahoma state or baylor and then kind of whip texas for the next few years
0: i really 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 like his quickness off the ball i mean one of the things that you have to have to be a disruptive defensive lineman is to be quick off the ball um and i think that's a that's a big thing and and you know maybe he doesn't make it because he's not strong enough or because he's not athletic enough i don't know uh but i do know that the the quickness off the ball is is going to be huge for him um anything any other possible offers coming in, any new offers coming out um in in the time being or no
1: none that i know of as of right now um i think a lot of those things will get sorted out i think there's a bit of a holding pattern because it's hard to make offers when you don't know what your offensive philosophy or your defensive philosophy is going to be um i can't remember the last time i've covered something where both coordinators were gone and uh, they were basically rebuilding on both sides of the ball so i think it's difficult until they have some guys in place to kind of start making those offers
0: gotcha i that's one of the things that really surprised me with this um uh, Gorm Welch uh, offer is that literally they, it, it happened one day after firing the defensive coordinator. Yeah, he's a guy um, they've so, been
1: evaluating for a while, though, and I think uh, everybody had kind of signed off on it at that point.
0: Right, and that's what – I will say this too, uh, Mike. What that tells me is that the personnel department is operating not independently of the coaching staff by any stretch. I'm not, I'm not saying they don't take – their uh orders from them it just tells me that texas has a operational staff, operational staff that is still going at it despite any and all turmoil that may be surrounding it elsewhere and that the head coach is still um uh his belief in them is strong enough to go forward with with what they're thinking so i I think that's a, a very interesting uh outcome of what what happened this week
1: I think you have to if you stall at all you lose all momentum and lose everything and and they just can't afford that right now
0: gotcha all right, Mike, you have anything else you want to add today nope. before we close up?
1: Uh, right. Just that we've got a lot of great deals over at Horns 24-7. Um, just finished our Cyber Monday deal. I think we still got a 50% off deal. So this is the time to join. There's going to be lots of stuff. Chip and Jeff are dropping team news like crazy, the coaching search, stuff you'll want to hear. I'll have everything covered from a recruiting standpoint. And Bobby, of course, kind of oversees it all. So please come check us out.
0: Yeah, and don't forget you get uh – you also get free text alerts uh, with the with the subscription package as well for breaking news. So I think it's a, a great deal. All right, uh, for Mike Roach, this is Bobby Burton. Thank you for listening to the State of Recruiting. The State of Recruiting is taped each and every Wednesday during football and recruiting season. Subscribe now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts.